Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. Creating herbal formulas, no matter the approach, is as much art as science. In traditional Chinese medicine, this is doubly true. Today we're talking with licensed acupuncturist and board-certified herbalist Zoe Fallian about Chinese herbal formulas. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Welcome back, Zoe! Thank you. Yay. Happy to be back. I'm so excited to, to be talking here. about formulas. I know. Yeah. Traditional Chinese medicine formulas. That is a mystery to me. They look really complex. They are. <laughs> Sometimes they really are complex. Yeah. But not always. Sometimes it's just two herbs. Sometimes. But yeah. unlike in Western medicine, not one herb. Rarely. Yeah, Western yeah. uses a lot of singles. Yeah, so tell me about that. Let's start with that one. Well, part of the reason is um, with our formulas, we're, we're trying to treat the underlying pattern a lot of times mm-hmm. and a bunch of related symptoms. So we don't just throw herbs at the symptoms, because that's not really going to help, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's an acute issue, and then yeah, you kind of just want to get rid of it. But so, can you give me an example of an underlying pattern? Liver chi stagnation. Oh, Woo-hoo. that sounds painful. Stress causes that a lot. People get really irritable, and sometimes that could also cause digestive problem if the liver. If wood is attacking the earth element, which is the digestive system, so that would be an underlying problem. Huh? That sounds like something's common in my household. Right. Well, <laughs> just people that drink too much coffee and and amp themselves up and then tank themselves down at the end of the day. Would well, that be unless example? it has effects, it, it affects the organ systems, and it. it has effects that last beyond the effect of the coffee, mm-hmm. that's kind of just like, okay, don't drink so much coffee. <laughs> right. That wouldn't really be an underlying But not something pattern. as strong as hepatitis. Hepatitis. Um, that would be a that good example. Would, that could be. So the way we treat diseases in Chinese medicine is we look at the diseases as a collection of symptoms. So the same diseases in different people could have a different underlying pattern. Oh. So... Mm-hmm. Two people come in with the same disease, but they get a different treatment. And two people come in with different diseases, but they get similar treatments because their underlying root pattern is the same, but the manifestation is different. Mm. We call that root and branch. So the symptoms are the branch and the root is, well, the cause of the disease, the Mm. underlying pattern that is contributing to this manifestation. So two people with hepatitis, one of them might be damp heat in the liver channel and the other one might be something else, depending on the collection of their symptoms and other issues. That's why when people come in with, I don't know, headaches Mm -hmm. or migraine headaches to the clinic, I ask them a lot of questions. I ask them about their sleep patterns, about digestion, about bowel movements, about do they feel cold or hot more easily? Do Mm -hmm. they have spontaneous sweating? 
what's their underlying mood? Do they, are they easily irritated or do they tend to get sad when they're frustrated? So all of these kind of like helps me figure out what is the underlying cause that's dealing to this manifestation. Mm-hmm. So same manifestation could have different causes. So if people get different formulas for it. So that's part of the reason that the formulas have the herbs in the formula may or may not directly address the symptom that a person mm-hmm. is coming with. So the idea is that a couple people have the same disease, but it affects them a little bit differently. Well, they have the same disease because they seem, they have, if it's, it's the same disease from a Western um, diagnostic. Yeah. It's not that it affects them differently. It's that the underlying cause of it is different. So I think think one way you could think about it from like, for those of us steeped in Western tradition is uh the idea that. When you go into menopause or perimenopause, some women get hot flashes, other women don't. Some women get anxiety, others get depression. Some will have rage. Some will find that they're cold, Mm -hmm. flooding, Mm -hmm. or they have their periods seem like they dry up. I mean, it's the same thing in Western, you know, discussion of it, of what's Mm -hmm. happening. But the way it affects your body and what's really happening in your body is wildly different based on so many factors. Okay. So, so I think that's, that, mm-hmm. that's why you could have two people with the same diagnosis of hepatitis, for instance, mm-hmm. but the way that you're going to have to treat either of them is going to be really different. Okay. You know, All right. I'm guessing. Is that that's, reasonable yeah. understanding? That's a reasonable understanding, yeah. So, but you were saying you need a couple of herbs to, to deal with that. Yeah. So a couple of herbs for, there's very few formulas that only have a couple of herbs. Because usually formulas are for more complex cases. So we kind of have to make sure that we're addressing their primary pattern. Um, If there are other patterns or significant symptoms that also need to be addressed immediately, we have to make sure that there are herbs that do that or assist the primary chief herb in dealing with the primary pattern. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things I love about Chinese herbalism is they have jobs and names for the jobs of each of the herbs. Yes. So cool. Yes. (laughs) Love that. We have the chief that addresses the primary pattern or the Mm -hmm. disease. We have um, the deputies. There could be one or two or more that either assist the chief in dealing with that primary pattern or they're there to kind of deal with a secondary pattern. Right. So these are the names of the individual herbs. Like this is the chief herb and these are the deputy herbs in the formula. Right. Yeah. The okay. roles they okay. play. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then there's the assistance. Assistance mm-hmm. could be um, a helpful assistant that's helping the deputies, one of the deputies or the chief urban doing what they need to do. Or it could be um, a corrective assistant that's trying to kind of negate the toxicity of one of the herbs or kind of uh, moderate the harsh qualities of one of the herbs. Or it could be an opposing assistant just to make sure like, wow, you're doing, you're moving this a lot. So I'm going to kind of pull it back down and not let you move things too much. Mm-hmm. So right. ease, like ease it. Um, counter ease it. More counter, counter it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth role is an envoy. The envoy could either help the formula go to the part of the body or the channel where you want the formula to work on, or it could kind of just like um, harmonize and integrate the actions of all the other herbs in the formula and make it a smooth 
ensemble. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's like yeah. a story. It it's is. like telling a story of it how is. to correct this problem. Like mm-hmm. you come, I come with my, you know, hot flashes and you figure out what's going on mm-hmm. with me. And then you, through the herbs, tell a story of how to bring balance back to the whole system. Yes. And finish the tale in yes. a harmonious way. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, not all formulas have all of these right. um, mm-hmm. roles in them. But most of them, this is the basic outline. And sometimes um, sometimes the chief herb actually goes to where the problem is. So you don't really need an envoy that's going to bring it there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the deputies and the chief together have enough qualities that actually take care of everything. So you don't need an assistant or an envoy. So it's it's flexible. And sometimes in a formula, it's hard to tell who the chief is and who the assistant is and who right. the deputy yeah. is. But Again, that's that's the basic idea of how to organize a formula and, you know, how to decide what herbs are going to go in it to address different things mm-hmm. that a patient is coming in with. Do different practitioners have, a, like, their favorite herbs that they tend to go to a lot? Or is it is it just if you're a TCEM practitioner, then most people just use all the same formulas or... Uh, no, I think most people have their own. Well, not their own as in just, oh, this is my set of herbs. But mm-hmm. um, I think practitioners gravitate gravitate towards a set of um, formulas or herbs or right. systems of herbal mm-hmm. formulas, and they end up using those. Now, if you have your own herbal pharmacy, whether it's raw herbs or granular herbs, then you, kind of, you can't have everything. Mm-hmm. But you, you pretty much know what are the herbs that you tend to use often, so you'll collect those in and your pharmacy. the difference between your own herbs and granular herbs? What's a granular herb? Um, so there's three, three main ways that we can, I can prescribe formulas to a patient. Um, one is tea pills or pills, and that's the formula's already made. Someone made it, made pills or capsules out of it, and put it in a bottle. And here's right, and they always formula. have nifty names like Emperor's Tea Pills or, right, or the Free and Easy Wanderer. Yeah, that was yeah. the other one, Free and Easy Wanderer. <laughs> so those are mostly classical formulas, formulas yeah. that are in our Materia Medica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, I, I use that, that one quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those we can't modify and pretty much, okay, well, this fits your pattern here, take it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the easiest and the cheapest. And sometimes they're pretty effective and sometimes they need a little help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other end are the dried herbs that patients would need to get a little pack and take it home and cook it and probably cook it more than once and drink it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's harder to get people to do that because it involves a lot more work. I've read about those. I've seen them on Jackie Chan movies, and they look pretty stinky, actually. (laughs) Some of them are, and some of them are. It depends on what the pattern is and what we're treating and what herbs are in there. Um, And then in the middle is um, granular herbs, which is basically the herbs are cooked and dried into a powder, kind of like um, instant coffee. So those are great because they're easier to drink. Nobody has to cook them. You just need hot water for them. Mm -hmm. And they don't smell as bad as Mm -hmm. raw herbs sometimes do. Um, And also I can modify them. I can decide how much of each herb I want to put in. I can have a classic formula that I know fits your pattern, but Mm -hmm. there's 
things about you that are different that some of these proportions of the herbs need to change or maybe one herb isn't really appropriate for you so I can take it out and maybe put something else in to balance things out. Mm -hmm. So granular herbs are really great and it's a really great option that we have nowadays. Right. And people can, as long as they have access to hot water. Yeah. They can use it. Hot water and a little cup. And a teaspoon. So they can take it at work or whatever. Throw it in your bag. A teaspoon is not bad actually. No. Well, mm. teaspoon to measure like, it. But, yeah. Oh, okay. It's still Stir a cup's worth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, See, I was trying. Yeah, I'm not going to get out that easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, for, for granules, I usually usually say, you know, take six grams three times a day, depending on body weight and what right. what the formula is supposed to do. And um, depending on how, on the pharmacy, they sometimes give you a little spoon, which is about one and a half to two grams. So you, you don't have to like measure right. it every time and you know how many teaspoons to use for your formula. Mm-hmm. So. That makes it easy. Yeah. 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 You so, want to make it easy so you have compliance. Right. Herbs aren't going to work if you're not taking them. Right. So. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So what is an example of like the idea of this herb that takes the formula to a specific spot? Is that the same kind of thing? Like, um, elecampane, for instance, has affinity for the throat and upper respiratory system, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how it's looked at in, in Western mm-hmm. herbalism. Would that be an example of the herb in the formula? If you're dealing with someone who's got a sinus infection, would you then use elecampane potentially as something that would help get it, get that's, the formula to go to that's the, the idea? Is, okay. Um, I think the way. We categorize herbs, single herbs mm-hmm. in Chinese medicine. They have they have certain qualities. Each herb has a temperature, has a taste, and has channels that it goes through or organ mm-hmm. systems that it goes through. Um, and it has an action. Like, does it lift the chi? Does it is it bringing it down, down or yeah. does it move things in a spiral way? So those are all qualities and the channels that they go through sort of like tell you what part of the body they go through. Mm -hmm. So that's how we decide, like, if we need, do we need an envoy? Do we need an herb that's going to say, okay, we're moving towards the head, we're moving towards the leg, we're doing the joints, or do the chief and the deputies do that already? So maybe we don't need an envoy to bring the herbs to a different location. But yeah, that's generally, that's the idea too, yeah. Okay. Are there any herbs that you have a particular affinity for or you notice show up a lot in your practice? Well, um, licorice shows up a lot. <laughs> yep. um, licorice is a good harmonizer. It also goes to a lot of channels, so it's, it's, it's good. Um, it also, you know, every herb also has its own actions and indications. So sometimes licorice could be the chief in a formula because it's doing what we want licorice to do. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first Chinese herb that I was aware of and, and took as a herbal itself was Dong Kwai. Yeah. Yeah. And that was right after having my middle son. And that just, I was nervous about it because I'd heard all of this mythology about um, traditional Chinese medicine. It was supposed to be terrible tasting and it was supposed to be super powerful. And, and so I guess I I don't know what I thought I was going to be drinking a liquid voodoo doll or something like that. I don't know what I thought. And I just took, I believe I took it as a, um, a not a tincture, but a tea with something else mm-hmm. and just started, you know, it came dried and, and that felt pretty good. And then I started 
adding a couple of other things that I looked up in this fancy book about and mm-hmm. had to try a couple different herbs and ended up at the end with a little cook pot on the stove. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. It was pretty, it was, it was, I was yeah. pretty impressed with that. And then when it was done, it just tasted different to me. I was uh, just going to say that it, it's yeah. a lot of times, I think, especially what I've noticed in my practice is, especially with um, tonics, Mm-hmm. If it's the right formula, people like the flavor. It's mm-hmm. it tastes good to them, where right. it might not taste good to me, um, right. and that actually is kind of interesting. And then when they're done with the formula, they're like, "Meh, um, it doesn't taste that good. Why right. did I think mm-hmm. this tasted good?" But <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some herb- herbal formulas that just don't taste very good. A lot of the bitter ones or some of the moving ones, they're they're just the flavor profile. Most human beings don't find power, yeah, right. but it's lacking yeah. <laughs> or it has too much. <laughs> yeah. Lacking would not be a bad thing. <laughs> but most of the time, especially with granules, it's, it's, they're easier to drink. You can just, you're drinking a cup basically. So you it's can just, yeah, just yeah, and you better. can decide, yeah. is it, it, can I tolerate it better when it's warmer or on the cooler side? Mm-hmm. We don't right. want anyone drinking cold formulas in Chinese medicine. We really don't like cold entering the body okay. huh. but Why? cold as in like refrigerated like cold out of the tap right in northern cold climates in- is that too cold or exactly. room temperature room is about what you're looking for well with formulas room temperature or maybe slightly warmer okay yeah but not cold and not necessarily super hot like mm. just off the kettle yeah because that would that would burn. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although darn Healthy near in the middle of winter, you know, I'm like, <laughs> okay, just wait till it drops to another degree and I'm, I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. You know? And sip it really yeah. slowly. <laughs> so, but you can't add sugar to it or anything like that. You're just drinking it. You're just drinking it. Yeah. So okay. why not add sweetener to it? Um, because first off, white sugar. Well, yeah. Uh, no, mm-hmm. but um, because... It's a formula with certain qualities and everything has a medicinal value Mm -hmm. and it serves a purpose in the formula. And some formulas you can add honey because honey works with the formula and it could be an envoy or an harmonizer or even like it it can soothe things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's, it's not, doesn't really go with the actions of the formula. And if we're working on certain things, it might kind of get in the way. So we don't want it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if that's the only way you're going to take <laughs> your formula, a little bit of it, mm-hmm. fine. Just a little mm-hmm. taste of it. But Because yeah. the sugar is considered an ingredient too. Right. And has right. an effect. Exactly. I mean, definitely sugar is stimulating. Right? Well, yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not for, uh, speaking from the as a member of the sugar board. Yeah, or anything. I'm just, you know, well, I, I mean, I, in my house, I make some pretty stinky, pain, gicky, cough and flu formulas mm-hmm. sometimes, and I usually do put a liberal amount of honey or other sweetener in there because mm-hmm. otherwise, my family won't drink it. So, but see, but honey, it's a different approach. So. Honey as a medicinal is actually yeah. good for the lungs and to help with coughs and dry lungs. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're taking a formula yeah. for that, it might already be there. Or yeah. you know, like things like ginger and honey ingredients that people could normally get, like fresh mm-hmm. ginger. There's fresh ginger in a lot of formulas, especially if you're doing raw formulas. Mm-hmm. Then we would just you know pack the herbs and say, hey, slice up. Um, some ginger and throw it in there or add some honey to it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to package the honey for you. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So what are, for you we, in Chinese medicine, 
what are raw formulas then? Would that be like go out to the garden and pick some fresh mint or whatever herbs you're using for that particular day and here you go? Um, usually they're dried herbs. Okay. They are dried. Um, yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, you, so, yeah, yeah I, herb tea, sure. But again, see, then there's mm-hmm. one ingredient in it and some, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's a dietary thing because food is the greatest medicine, right? Mm-hmm. right? So of course, drink your mint tea in the morning. Don't drink it at night. It's too moving. It might interfere mm-hmm. with your sleep or, right. you know, drink right. ginger tea. If you have digestive issues, if you, if you have a weak spleen and you're trying to work with it, drink some ginger tea after mm-hmm. you eat a salad, you right. know, like you're eating cold, raw foods, warm them up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, so a, a friend told me she, there's a part in China that's where she's from originally, and you can go to these restaurants, and the restaurants are the menus are divided by um, whatever you were talking about. Like here's the liver part, here's oh. the kidney part, or whatever for the the like the tonifying foods. The, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then you choose from that part of the menu, whatever your constitutional. Right. Yes, no, there we go. Thank yes. you. That was yeah. yeah. And I was that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, that idea really stuck yeah. with me. I like that idea. I like that. You know, in the hospitals, they can actually. They pack the herbs. They can cook the herbs. You can go to a vendor and actually get the cooked herb, the liquid, and just ready to go and drink it. And, you know, compliance is easy when someone else cooks it for you and puts it in a bag or a bottle and gives it to you, right? It would be great if we could do that here. Yeah. 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 Then even if it is smelly, it's like you just got to choke it down and that's it. And it's Mm -hmm. medicine. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, is there any time that you've been able to travel and use your your uh, expertise in healing no travel no during travel no i haven't actually i haven't traveled much since finishing school oh (laughs) i've been trying to recover (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean um a lot of acupuncturists have herbal first aid kits Mm -hmm. you know for digestive disorders when you're traveling or first aid when you get cuts for bleeding right Uh, that's bleeding um yeah. Is one of those times that we will use one herb and you just put it in there and it's, yeah yeah. So topicals, do you do a lot of topicals with your for some skin issues, um, insect bites? Yeah, mm-hmm. even sometimes um, muscular issues or joint pain, you can use topicals to help with the pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any that you use specifically? Because in your practice, you do more than just acupuncture and herbalism. You also do. Twina. Twina. <laughs> yeah. Every time. And right. cupping and gua sha, yeah. which is scraping. What? Gua sha. That's scraping. Um, oh. Yeah. That you just scrape people? <laughs> yeah, with a little gua sha tool, with a little scraping tool. Is it like a brush? or a- No, it, it could be... Um, it could be like, you know, those Chinese soup spoons? You can use those. Oh, Anything mm-hmm. that has... Um, an edge that's not sharp, a rounded edge, but you can you can use to scrape it. Uh-huh. Um, and I usually actually use posamon oil, which is medicated oil. Wait, you use what? Um, posamon. What is that? It's a medicated posamon. oil. It's kind of warming and it's, it has a little bit of an analgesic effect. And okay. it, it brings more blood and circulation to the tissue and it oh. feels really good and smells kind of 
minty and cinnamony and eucalyptusy, and it's I great. want some now. Is that like that sounds like a Chinese formula? It is a Chinese nice. Yeah, nice. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. It sounds really it's good. It's kind of like ta- um, liquid tiger balm. Yeah, I was going to say, it yeah. sounds tiger balmish yeah, to me. It's like white tiger, tiger balm, balm maybe. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Wow. I'm pretty impressed. That's that's quite the tool yeah, cabinet is. that yeah. you've got there. Well, thank you for speaking with us, Zoe. Yes, thank, thank you for you. having me. Uh, I want you to remind listeners they can check out Zoe's clinic website, www.eugenewellness.com. Contact her at Facebook, which is listed as Annette Zoe Felion, or send your questions to her email, zoe at lifewellbalanced.com. For more information, links, and resources we mentioned on this program, check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. Make sure that you sign up for our free newsletter, which brings updates on upcoming recipes, how-tos, newly published ebooks, and more detailed information on the topics that we discussed on this podcast as we publish them on thepracticalherbalist.com. And be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Pinterest, and join us in our conversations on Twitter. Now it's time for herbalism and homesteading news. So I was reading the news last week, as I want to do on my iPhone, and I noticed an article that came up in one of my news aggregators from gizmodo.com called Vitamins and Herbal Supplements Are Sending 23,000 Americans to the Hospital Year. It was written by Ria Misra. And I read through it, and I was kind of surprised. And then I started looking at it a little deeper and realized that the article actually wasn't edited very well because I wasn't sure if it was 23,000 or 230,000. Because of the extra zero. extra zero in it. (laughs) Uh, And then I also looked at some comments and found that was kind of interesting. But then I finally went to the New England Journal of Medicine website and took a look at that as well. And what I I found there, and I'll share this with you guys as well, is that they actually kind of um, manipulated that number over a period of time. So the actual visits over a year was like 3,000 amongst only 63 emergency rooms. And then they used their statistical math to say that must be 23,000 over the course of a year. Uh, and you wonder where all my conspiracy theories come from, <laughs> honestly. So, and I'm sure that, that they do yeah. this often with you know, statistics. And that's not a problem. But I think it's interesting is that uh, Gizmodo picks up on it and suddenly they says, oh, it's this crazy thing. And then all the comments below this are, we need to regulate and we need to do this and we need to do that. But I think it's funny because, Sue, you found an interesting t- statistic regarding pharmaceuticals right. in emergency rooms. Yeah, so the uh, – Quote here is that prescription drugs kill over 100,000 people each year. And that's just, you know, yeah, that's a huge number. And this particular study in the New England Journal was a study done over nine years. Mm -hmm. And they only found 3,600 and I believe it was 64 total emergency room visits, not necessarily resulting in death. So they're speculating that it's it's 23,000. They're guessing 23,000 based on some statistical analysis. But it wasn't even deaths, it was just hospital visits, whereas the statistic that I just covered about the 100,000 people, they're killed. They died. And if you look closely, their hospital visits they're including are things like choking. Right. So they didn't talk about whether they included choking on any other pharmaceuticals no. i'm sure choking on pharmaceuticals shows up yes. plenty too and they're talking about choking with the elderly and people that do work mm-hmm. with the elderly 
Um, that's one of the things to notice is that a lot of times they'll have a different kind of gag reflex that nerves will start to kind of break down a little bit. And so people will take larger bites than they mean to. Maybe they'll have some dementia or something like that. So they're not chewing thoroughly and they'll just swallow it, go down the wrong pipe. And then nobody knows until it's, Mm -hmm. until it's time to go to the hospital for that. Yeah. So, and that's, that's user error. That's right. not exactly. Don't blame the pill for that one. Well, right. and some and of those pills that are coming out are really, really big. Don't be giving that to an old person. I know. Right? Yeah, I mean, you could crush it out, but they don't even think to do that. And some of the the word yeah. supplement in there. I mean, I find that that's such a troubling word. I mean, if it's you put broad. it inside a capsule, then it's a supplement. But if you add it to your salad, it's not a supplement. Mm-hmm. It's part of your diet. Where's the real line? I mean, right. I, I really I hate the word supplements in this sort of context, because it really is just, it's so nebulous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're using it against the industry, right? They're including those dietary supplements that are supposed Mm -hmm. to give you miraculous weight loss without having that troublesome dietary restrictions or exercise or the drink this and you know, you're have corona and and so you'll be so hyped up. It'll stop your heart or whatever, you know, that brings up the two issues. One, what you were just talking about there of the guana, the taurine, the caffeine, the energy Mm -hmm. drinks, the, the rise in energy drinks as a market has skyrocketed in the last 10 years that they've been doing this study. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a massive part of the market. And those, there are parts of those, those chemicals that will give you heart palpitations, will make mm-hmm. you race a little bit. And if you're not aware of that, yeah, you're going to go to the emergency room thinking you're having a heart attack. Right. And that's one of these visits, right? right? Yeah. Especially since it often is with younger people yes. who haven't hit the perimenopausal or other just later, your body does weird things mm-hmm. as you get to be older and you haven't realized, oh, that's just a heart palpitation and it's not actually heart. Right. I mean, they don't know how their body works. Exactly. I mean, it took me years and to figure other, this out. Yeah. And the other point that, uh, that I was going to make as long with this and with that article is that, you know, we've noticed this when we've gone to Costco is that you get vitamin supplements that look like gummy candy. Sure. Oh, and yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. they get this huge jar of colorful, sweet candy, but it's not candy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's herbal supplement. Or right. it's not, it's vitamins. It's, it's just vitamins. vitamins. But it, but it, yeah, it's vitamins, and it's got your daily do- doses of vitamins, but it's done in a nice, sweet gummy candy. Sure. Yeah, and those know? actually, and usually it's not just one of those you take. It's usually two, two or three mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. to get a, the dose that they're saying for yes. adults. I always look at those, and I think they're a little bit scary because it would be, as a kid, it'd be so easy to just keep eating them and then seriously overdose on the vitamins that you can't get rid of, like vitamin A. Right. I mean, that would be... That's what I thought for sure this article is going to be talking about. But with no. supplements, it seems like uh, the most of the problems, any of the deaths that you see related to vitamin supplements, it's iron. Mm-hmm. Because you can keep you too can, much iron in your liver and it will, especially if you have hepatitis. If right. you have hepatitis and you take too much vitamin C, that will pull too much iron out of your food and then it causes right. trouble and, and it will kill you. That's, you look at any statistics on vitamins, that's what kills you. Right. So if you're taking a whole bunch of some of these supplements and you're not getting your blood drawn to have it checked out or you have hepatitis and someone hasn't just sat down with you, which I talk to people in the clinic all the time and they're like, I didn't know vitamin C did that. Oh, okay. Well, let's have the conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, too many people, they get their diagnosis, yeah. they're in and out in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's a heavy diagnosis. And frankly, right. hepatitis is growing like crazy in this country. So it's right. not, it's not, you it's know, not that's a piece of it. as you think. Yeah. Right. And it's, that's too huge. That's too big a topic to put into one study. And then just to say, oh, see, it's the supplements. And yeah, that's what exactly. Americans love to do. They like to find one whipping boy. 
Right. It's like, what's the problem here? You know, we've got problems with people misusing medication. Well, clearly it's the medication itself. It's right. not us. Right. Well, it's yeah. frustrating too, because this study came out of the numbers from the CDC and the FDA. I mean, these are two huge, reputable mm-hmm. organizations. Yep. And the way it's written based on, you know, the part that I read from the New England uh, journal medicine, mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering how responsible they are in this. This looks very irresponsible. I mean, it's too the broad. They, put it they need yeah. more information. Yeah, and that's, exactly. This is the kind of conversation that we need to have as a community, just in general, is let's, mm-hmm. let's make a definition for what that is. Let's talk about how these supplements are, or whatever, where do you want to use dietary aids affect us? Mm-hmm. And just because it's an herb, does that mean it's safe? No, no, it absolutely does not. Right. Don't make that assumption and don't make the assumption that just because you think, well, I'm a little tired, therefore I need to have this huge energy boost. That's exa- I'm self-diagnosing. I'm not saying, well, maybe I need to sleep more, you know. Yeah. Or- <laughs> well, I mean, there's so much, so many things that are common sense that are contrary to our culture's sure. values. Or maybe like you're low sleeping. vitamin B. You have low vitamin B in, in mm-hmm. your diet. So rather than give, giving yourself a better diet to supplement that, which will help your energy levels, you know, if we're not looking at that. We're just like, let's right. throw a pill at it. Right. This is backlash from the 1950s version of medicine. <laughs> yeah. So you had a quote in the in this discussion on this one. I think you had a quote. That oh was yes, gonna, um, this is from Dr. Joseph Mercola. Um, the quote is: "Death by medicine is 21st century epidemic, and America's war on drugs is clearly directed at the wrong enemy." That's a nice quote. Yeah. Quote. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of encapsulates uh, encapsulates. It's uh, a pill, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> the topic that we've been discussing. So when you're reading an article on a site like Gizmodo, take the extra, the extra time to click on the other link to read where they're getting their information. Because mm-hmm. this is a repurposed article to another website yep. to generate hits in advertising. They so want to at the source material. They wanted to figure out a way to stick a, a, a big, huge exclamation point on it to get uh, traffic. That's what they wanted. All right. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. We have a recent question from Rebecca. She writes, I was interested in the article about spicy foods and health. Can you comment on the impact of peppers on inflammation in the body? Sue, Candace? Well, in our research on chili pepper, yes, we actually got a chance to do a lot of that. Yeah. And I can comment that I recall research being out there that you can reduce internal inflammation like of your digestive system mm-hmm. by incorporating chili peppers into your diet regularly. And they didn't necessarily have to be in super high heat quantities. A small amount a day was plenty. Right. There's more research right. on arthritis. And you had an excellent study quote on that, didn't you? Yeah, this is uh, from um, an NCBI uh, conglomeration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes they'll, they'll put out these huge in-depth study for everyone to read. You don't have to be a member to, to get it. And this was, this one is a 14 pager. It's a, it's a little dense, but buried here on um, page nine, 
of the comparative anti-inflammatory properties of capsation and ethyl acetate extraction of capsicum fruit, Tenzas, blah, 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 blah. We'll have a link on the site. Here is the quote that I'm going to give you. With increase in levels of substance P in anti-inflammatory and neurogen, sorry, and neurogenic joint diseases, arthritis, topical or intra-articular injections of capsation show a significant improvement, as well as a reduction in level of anti-inflammatory mediators. And and okay, okay you're going to like translate into like standard English. For okay, the rest because yeah, I totally us, tuned right? out. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Okay, everybody, wake back up. Wake up, wake up. You can read that on your own time. <laughs> what does it really mean for the, for the lay person? For real right. people. <laughs> Put in your babble fish. Here it goes. All right. So substance P is that thing that goes in between your neurotransmitters, and you can just remember substance P, P for pain. Yeah, substance P is the chemical that create or that allows your body to feel pain. Correct. Yeah. If you have an owie, it says, oh, here's this squirt of chemical to let you know to put your hand off the burner. It's a very important thing. However, when you're in constant pain, it can keep you from doing the things that you need to do in order to heal yourself, like do some exercises, etc. So they have um, done some studies in which they're either using topical like a salve or an oil that they're mm-hmm. applying to an arthritic like area. Like balm. Correct. For instance. Exactly. Yeah. Of which we have a recipe on in or our warming, upcoming warming ebook. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 Um, uh, yeah. So readers, you are covered. Mm-hmm. Um, or they would inject the capsation. And the capsation is one of the uh, primary components of chili pepper. Yeah, That's it's the most studied one. The most the studied least, one. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely correct. So uh, when they have done either one of those two things, they have noticed that the um, not only the pain, as noted by the lower levels of substance P, as well as the uh, inflammatory mediators, those have reduced as well. So in answer to your question, not only does cayenne or chili pepper, whatever you want to call it, reduce inflammation, but it also reduces pain. Right. It's a beautiful thing. Good news for us all. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so in our, our uh, have you noticed already that uh, digestive inflammation, it can, it, it can definitely help for that. Some people, they have the kind of ulcers that that kind of inflammation, it will aggravate it. Yes. So know, so know yourself. Yeah, yeah. Chili pepper, I have read, can be good for ulcers, but I imagine you have to know what type of ulcers they are. Right. And then try it very small doses and work up. Based on how you react. Mm-hmm. If you're reacting favorably, yeah, keep on doing it. Right. If it aggravates your ulcers, quit. Right. Duh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there are two different types of ulcers, of yeah. course. So that's a good thing to know. And and for some folks, just the topical, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And and that's there's no reason to go any farther than that. Our skin does suck in quite a bit of stuff. It's it's uh it's, it's our biggest organ. Big sponge. Biggest organ. Yep. For sure. Doing something. Yep. <laughs> it is. It's our biggest I know. Story. It I is. I know. I know. I just. You find that so And disturbing. the butt is the biggest muscle. The yes, gluteus maximus. Now, we our, our, now we're our talking about butts. Now we, you have a very large we, gluteal husband. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and now the world knows. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, 
visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms practical herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist. <laughs>